Welcome back to Plastic Surgery Decoded, the podcast where we demystify plastic surgery and provide a foundation for understanding it, whether you're actually considering a procedure or you're just curious. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Regina Newhan, and in this season number four, you'll find a new approach, including interviews and covering a wide variety of subjects. But after you listen to this episode, I encourage you to go back and really explore the previous seasons as they are full of valuable information. You get to pick and choose what to learn about next. Season one covers common aesthetic or cosmetic surgery topics and skincare, while season two explains reconstructive surgery topics. Then season three goes over general questions about plastic surgery. Remember that this podcast reflects my experience and opinion, as well as those of any guest interviewed. It is not intended to provide medical advice, nor is it a substitute for a formal consultation with your physician. So stay tuned for this interesting journey we'll take together in the ever-expanding world of plastic surgery. Let's go. Cellulite, or cellulite, that very recognizable contour irregularity that frustrates so many and may drive them to go to great lengths to hide it or to seek treatment, is our topic today. You may recall I provided a brief explanation of cellulite as part of episode number two of this podcast, which might be helpful to review. In that discussion, I made the analogy to a mattress. The fabric of the mattress would be our skin. The stuffing would be our fat. And the tuft points would be the characteristic dimples of cellulite. These dimples are caused by tight stringy bands or connections of the skin to the deeper tissues called fibrous septi. Why do they exist? Well, for one thing, they do keep our skin in position and avoid it sliding all around when we sit down, for example. But now we've dedicated a whole episode to this topic. Successful eradication of cellulite has traditionally been elusive, but some recent advances have been made which may give hope to those who are plagued by it. Here to share his expertise with us is Dr. Grant Stevens. Listen in as he provides an overview of treatment options thus far and gives us a glimpse at where we're headed. He also gives a bit of a warning about how to interpret before and after pictures of cellulite treatment and how lighting can be crucial. By the way, you can learn more about interpreting pictures in plastic surgery in podcast episode number 36. Let's hear from Dr. Stevens now. Dr. Grant Stevens, I am so happy to have you with us today. You know, you and I both have some ties to the Midwest, and perhaps peripherally we crossed paths, but your career path ultimately led you to Marina Del Rey, California. And in addition to being a great contributor to the field of plastic surgery and serving as a past president of the Aesthetic Society, among your numerous other accomplishments, you have a thriving practice at Marina Plastic Surgery. Could you please describe the scope of your practice? Well, first of all, thank you very much, Regina, for the opportunity to join you and your listeners on this wonderful podcast. I appreciate it very much. You're so welcome. Um, our practice is in Marina Del Rey, California, which is right by LAX, or Los Angeles International Airport. Um, I've been there, actually, since I left Barnes Hospital in Washington University, where you trained. Uh, I've been there since uh, 1986. And... Uh, we started uh, just as a small practice, and we've had the good fortune of expanding that practice, uh, both with surgical and non-surgicals, and we have a number of doctors that work there, as well as uh, other PAs and NPs and providers, other extenders, if you will, and uh, 
and we have now Marina Med Spa as well as Marina Plastic Surgery Associates, and we have our own Marina Outpatient Surgery Center where we do a lot of surgery, lovely, and uh, and provide the full uh, gamut of uh, aesthetic plastic surgery. We do some reconstructive surgery still at the hospital across the way, and also even in our operating room, but primarily we're an aesthetic surgical uh, um, office. Excellent. Well, we're here to talk about cellulite and the treatment of it. Uh, You've got a fair amount of expertise in that. And I first want to ask you, how common would you say cellulite is? How commonly do you hear people complaining of it? Well, it's estimated that 85 to 95% of women have some form of cellulite or cellulite, and it brings up something else because you said cellulite, and then earlier said cellulite, and that brings up something that I'd say all the time, and that is we can't even agree on how to say it, so we certainly can't agree on what it is. We know it has to do with the irregularities of the skin, such that the skin isn't smooth, but whether it's wavy or ice-picked or hail damage is uh, a Midwestern term. Um, yes. You know, there's just so many ramifications of it. But I would say well into the 90% range of women uh, post-puberty uh, have some form of cellulite. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you typically explain or define it to your patients? And do you think there are some misconceptions that patients have about it? Uh, well, sure. So how do we define it? Well. It sort of defines itself. If a wo- it's behavioral is the way I like to say it. If a woman is uncomfortable with the irregularities of her buttocks or thighs uh, and she camouflages it by wearing a, a, some camouflage uh, clothing, be it either a, a sarong and she's wearing a bathing suit or she wears black leggings instead of white or pink, and she does certain things to camouflage this irregularity, then, it's, it, then it rises the level of bothering her. Mm-hmm. And if it does, there are various things that she can uh, avail herself to. However, historically, there's been so many uh, false promises and lotions and potions and unmet expectations True. that women are justifiably and understandably cynical and skeptical about anything that fixes the smoothness of the skin. Absolutely. I think that's very accurate. And do you have something that you tell them in terms of what causes it? You know, there are general principles about that, but how do you like to explain it to patients? Well, the first thing I I like to tell a woman who brings it up to me is that it's not her fault. She didn't do anything wrong. It's not a disease. It's not something that she can reverse uh, by good behavior or weight Mm -hmm. loss. Some people think it's somehow it's a phenomenon when you're fat, and that's not true at all. There are plenty of thin women who are in terrific shape that still have contour irregularities or skin irregularities called cellulite. Absolutely. And uh, it's not because they did anything wrong. It's because they're a woman and they have estrogen in their system and they have these fibrous septi which connect between the fascia of the underlying muscle and then the underlying portion of the dermis or the backside of the skin. And then there's some bulging of fat between these septi and there's some thinning of the dermis where the septi connect. And we've done uh, a lot of cadaver studies and endoscopic studies, and we know a lot more about these septi now than we knew before. Actually, Mm -hmm. in the last few years, we've learned a lot about what they actually look like. The diagrams in most of the medical books are incorrect. Uh, They're not individual 
bamboo type uh, mm -hmm. fibers, which is what most of the pictures look like. In fact, they come up and before they get to the skin, they generally spread out like many, many branches. Mm -hmm. And we've seen this both uh, endoscopically uh, when we're studying it on cadavers, and we've also seen it clinically as we've been using a technology called Ovali. Brand new. And, uh, uh, which we may get to a little bit later. Yes, yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. And we've learned that uh, we can't approach it as like a bamboo trunk, because if we do, we're, gonna, we're not gonna get rid of all the fibrous yeah, septa. We have yeah. to think of it as, as these branch points. And uh, then we can actually make huge improvements in uh, cellulite. Excellent. And it's because of those septi that liposuction alone typically doesn't correct cellulite. Uh, but there have been some nice advancements for treatment over the last couple of decades, and you've certainly been involved in some <laughs> of that. Wonderful. Uh, but you. how do you like to categorize the options for treatment? Okay. Well, we've been through a lot of options. I'll just kind of rub, run through them briefly. Yeah. There was uh, endomology and, uh, and then various topicals. And then we had energy-based uh, approaches like uh, Bella Shape and Smooth Shape. Um, that weren't all that successful, to tell you the truth. And then we had cellulase, which was a uh, fiber with a, a laser, and it could it was a right-angled fiber, shooting fiber laser, that would take down the, the, uh, the, the bands or the fibrous cords. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they recurred, and so it was only temporarily successful. Same with endomology, I might add. Mm -hmm. And then along came Selfina. And Selfina was moderately successful. However, the downsides, which is to say that all the incisions uh, kind of outweighed the good side because women would trade the, di the dimples, if you will, for little scars, mm -hmm. uh, depending on what their uh, skin types were and their wound healing genetics were. Sometimes they'd be little tiny like bug bites, yeah. and other times they'd be more uh, visible. And so women yeah. would say, well, I got rid of my cellulite, but I have all these little uh, scars all over my fanny. Which can create little dimples too. So which can create little dimples also. So that was Selfina, and that was uh, originally owned by Ultherapy um, and Ulthera, yeah. and then that was sold to MERS. And just to clarify, the goal of the Selfina was to make a small incision, go underneath, and clip those little fibrous septae uh, in a very uh, calculated way. Correct. At a certain depth, kind of like with a miter box, and there were two different depths we could use. I was an instructor for the company and signed hundreds of diplomas. Huh. And as I said, it was successful. However, the downsides outweighed the upsides, and now MERS won't even sell it. So it's uh. it had uh, some popularity. They're still out there. Some people still are using it. Yeah. It's supported outside of MERS. Um, I've gotten rid of mine and abandoned yeah. it entirely because I got tired of uh, having to explain how many little incisions because a woman would trade almost uh, one dimple for one excision yeah. that was the disadvantage didn't seem it, like a good deal huh it, it didn't <laughs> seem like it was a very good deal so um so all in all uh we had some unmet expectations which is sort of the nature of the beast in cellulite yeah. and then when you said categories so along came an injectable approach with quo which is as you know colla uh, collagenase and it's an enzyme that breaks down collagen. Yes. And quo is QWO. Um, and uh, so that's injectable. It's you have to do it three times, uh, typically. Mm -hmm. And the and is moderately successful. It is FDA uh, cleared. However, there's intense bruising, 
and in some cases, staining of the skin. It's so a lasting problem. I yeah. have some women that I've done quote, and they have long-term staining that's deeper than the skin. And so when I use pulse dye lasers and other lasers to minimize the, the uh, bruising and the discoloration, it's not been that successful. And then came along Soliton. And Soliton, you may recognize, is the company, and the technology is called uh, Resonics. And it uses acoustic waves or sound waves to, to like a jackhammer. To like a shockwave. The yeah. shockwave. And that technology was recently purchased by Allergan. And it's not being clinically uh, or commercially distributed now. There are 15 or 16 of the devices in the country. Uh, I had the first device in the country, and I've used it a number of times. It's extremely loud, and Allergan is refining that approach, and they're not going to market it for a minimum of a year at this mm. point because they need to make some changes in the ergonomics. Clean it up a little, yeah. Yeah, yeah they want to improve that a little bit. And then finally, there's another technology which has recently been FDA cleared also, and that is called Avali. Brand new. Uh, by a company called Revell, R-E-V-E-L-L-E. -E. And it's brand new, although I mean, I've been working with the company for now three years, so it looks brand new. Yeah, that's great. Is, yeah, we've been working on it. We did the FDA study for safety, and then we did the FDA study for efficacy. Um, and we did 77 patients in seven centers around the country and actually two in Australia. Um, so we had five in the States, two in Australia for a total of seven different study sites, 77 patients, and it was FDA cleared and now it's commercially available and patients can have now the Ovali procedure. Yeah, that's wonderful. And it's, it's an exciting new development uh, which has built on some old technology and made it better and i think it sounds very promising so we'll see how it does yeah so far uh, we're very happy with it and allows us to identify the dimple or dimples identify the fibers subsize them or cut them and then most importantly we get to go back and check and see if we've actually done what we thought right. we've done and what we've learned is that we weren't doing what we thought mm -hmm. we were doing and we had to go back and keep ver verifying and verifying once we did we realized oh my this is why we had the recurrences and now we have a number of patients long term i have patients over a year out with no recurrences that is fantastic so i'm very excited about about the Avali approach. Yes, and the Avali is doing a better job of getting those branches and the network. You can identify everything that's there, which is really nice. Indeed. Well, what about um, combination approaches? You know, because when we have issues with cellulite, it's it's not always just the fibrous septa. You know, the, the overlying skin may be uh, stretched out, lost elasticity, and we do sometimes have some excess fat in the region or some uh, lack of fat in the region. Occasionally, mm -hmm. uh, people may consider uh, removing some fat from an area or even adding a little bit to smooth the contour. How do you approach combination treatment for patients? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because, uh, as you mentioned many times, the same patient who doesn't like her cellulite has a couple of bulges of fat she'd like to minimize. Sure. And to your point, that fat can oftentimes be utilized in the areas where the fat is maybe a little deficient. It may just be where the dimple is relieved. Right. So oftentimes I will do liposuction, even if it's a small amount of liposuction with a syringe, a handheld syringe, and I'll liposuction the bulges above or and or below and then uh, refine the fat and then put it right back in where I release the dimple. So I'll use the woman's own fat in the little areas where there's a depression. 
Uh, maybe it's one or two cc's yeah. is all. And I do that frequently. That's the ultimate recycling, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it's the ultimate recycling and repositioning. That's right. And then we're using, in that case, we're using the woman's own fat. So we're taking it from where she doesn't want it. We're putting it where she would benefit from it. Sometimes there isn't enough fat, believe it or not, in some of the thin uh, women. And we'll use Sculptra, uh, which is a, a biostimulator. And we'll put that in, in these areas. And it stimulates collagen. So that's a great approach. And then how do you decide who is a candidate for these treatments? Some people like to grade cellulite, but you know, you're looking at a lot of factors. You're looking at their skin. You're looking at the fat in the area. You're looking at the depressions from the septate. How do you decide who's really going to be a good candidate for the Avali or various other treatments you have to offer? Yeah, that's a great question, and, and that's really important because patient assessment uh, actually uh, – kind of predicts the outcome and the results. Clearly, these approaches are not uh, adequate for people with poor skin tone. So mm -hmm. if people have had a yo-yo dieting, massive weight loss, and they had a bigger body, if you will, than they have mm -hmm. now, and so now their skin tone is deficient, they're lacking good skin tone. Mm -hmm. When I do a pinch and a snap back on their skin, if it's still sort of lifeless and hanging. Doesn't snap back. Doesn't matter what you do. If you release those, you can actually make it worse because those fibrous bands are holding the skin up. I've seen that a lot on the anterior front of the thigh, the anterior thigh, meaning the front of the thigh, mm -hmm. and uh, where the skin tone is deficient and you take down the fiber septa and next thing you know, the skin falls down to the knee mm, and it yeah. looks pretty bad. It looks yeah. like a Sharpay dog. Yeah, no one um, likes that. And you don't like that. So poor skin quality is one thing. Uh, massive weight loss is another thing. Um, a lot of sun exposure, where the women have really terrible collagen and elastin. Uh, these women have spent way too much time in the sun without protection. Uh, they're bad candidates for any of these approaches. And then, you know, it's so important in this kind of a situation to be able to document what a person has and then document their improvement. Do you have um, special lighting you use to try to make sure we can identify those shadows that are there, whether they're gone? How, what kind yeah. of setup do you have in your office that you use for that? Well, uh, first of all, the most important thing is to use the same lighting before and after. Right. <clears throat> Whatever that lighting is, and we can talk about it for a moment, you, you really want to do it the same every single time because you can hide cellulite by a lot of flash, making a hot light, or you can make it worse by creating shadows and putting down light and mm -hmm. creating the shadows. Mm -hmm. So some people will uh, unethically take pictures before and after such they make it look smooth uh, after because of the way they hot light it. And you need to look at the surround colors and the hues of the skin and also look for the shadows and you can tell generally if someone's faking it. Um, we have professional photographers who work with us in our office who take the before and afters for all of our FDA studies. That's fantastic. And we have them come. They take the befores. They take the afters. The, uh, the uh, lighting is identical. Same f-stops, same light source, same cameras, same professional photographer, and so forth. Now, not everyone can do that. So the most important thing is you have a consistent light source, separate, not on the camera, and it comes at the same level, preferably above and below, so you don't have shadowing. Very good. And then, you know, for many of these treatments, multiple sessions are required for best results. But even though 
there's usually a limit to the amount of improvement patients could expect. What do you generally tell patients about that? And I know it varies from treatment to treatment, but what's your philosophy on that? Well, I show them before and after photos. I, I definitely t let them know that there's no warranties or guarantees and everybody has their own unique reactions to whatever we're going to do. Good point. Right now, our go-to is the Avali, and I show them uh, at least a dozen before and afters and of different age skin, different amounts of cellulite, uh, different types of skin, both the color and the thickness and the age of the patient, because obviously younger people have better skin tone and they do typically have a better result. And we show them and, and we stress that we can't predict with certainty the, the degree of improvement. I can share with them what my patients have said. I know that oh, well over 90% of our Avali patients are extremely happy or happy. It's fantastic. Uh, we know what the side effects are, which is a little bit of pain, a little bit of bruising, which is not, uh, which is really not a big deal. Most patients go to work the next day. Nothing like the Quo was, right? No, nothing like Quo. Yeah. We still do offer Quo, and we still do offer Rasonics, and some people want to do the injections with Quo, and we offer it, and we tell them, okay, here's the deal. You're going to have to come three times, and you are going to be bruised, but, uh, but the patients are reasonably happy. Mm -hmm. Do you favor that for someone who maybe only has a few little dimples they want to take care of? You or? know, initially I did, but I must confess that I have gone now almost exclusively to Avali because I have happier patients, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. I offer all three. Um, if I had a family member come in, more than likely I would probably have them do Avali and yeah. because even when there's one or two dimples, uh, it's so simple. It's local anesthesia. There's a tiny little incision, and we accurately identify it, treat it, verify it, and we're out. It's really simple. That's great. After the Avali, do you give them instructions about activity limitations? What do you tell them? Yeah, we tell them for the first few days to cool their jets and not be doing impact activities. They can do upper body or core activities if they really want to be doing something physical. Mm -hmm. But we tell them to avoid uh, impact activities, running, dancing, so forth, uh, because it's just going to exacerbate the bruising and slow down the healing. Mm -hmm. uh, but aside that, there's no special garment. Most women wear leggings. Um, and there's no special care per se. We like to use the Elastin uh, Transform. To treat afterwards. Uh, or the Renew and re Repair, uh, because we know it's a lipolytic agent, but more importantly, it helps smooth the skin. It has the trihex peptide, which increases collagen and elastin. We found the patients do better with it. Oh, that's great. I'm sure they love that. Yeah, we give it to them, actually. It's really a nice touch. Yeah. Very good. And, uh, you know, I'm curious... Do you alter your treatment regimen in those patients who have had previous liposuction in the problematic area? And if you do, how do you alter it? Not really. I mean, we approach it the same way. Oftentimes, if they've had previous lipo, we're we're touching it up. Mm -hmm. we, we typically will combine lipo that makes sense. and the ovale. We have no problem doing with them at the same time. Yeah. The patients do very well. And, and sometimes we're liposuction outside of the area where the cellulitic dimples are. Sometimes it's where the dimples mm -hmm. are, but mm -hmm. uh, oftentimes it's not, yeah. uh, but adjacent. And we, we make the overall contour and profile improved with the lipo and then do oh, the concomitant nice. release of the, of the cellulite dimples. Yeah, and 
and for our listeners, the reason I'm asking this is sometimes you can have some internal scarring or some tethering of the skin in areas that have been uh, had some liposuction, and so yeah. And if that happens, sometimes I'll blow a little fat back into those areas. Yeah, if that's it's, great. If it's sucked down and maybe has scarred or fibrotic, like you're saying, sometimes I'll put a little fat right back there. Excellent. That's a great approach. Well, you know, we've talked about a little bit of the history of treatment of cellulite and what you're currently doing. What do you think is on the forefront? Uh, What would you like to see if there were no limits in technology? What are we missing? Well, I think what we're going to see is combined therapy. I don't think there's going to be one approach uh, uh, to any one patient. And so, I mean, there are multiple approaches for multiple patients. I get that. But I think down the line, if we look ahead, we're going to, combine things that release the septic, maybe improve the turgor of the skin uh, and the thickness of the skin, and at the same time putting some biostimulators, be it the patient's own fat Mm -hmm. or other biostimulators, underneath where the dermis was thinned and where the cellulitic dimple was. So I think we're going to see that comprehensive cellulite treatment is going to include two or even three modalities done simultaneously. Yeah, I think that's a fabulous idea because really there is more to cellulite than just a, you know, a couple of tethered septae or fibrous bands, and uh, that's a nice overall approach. I think so, also. Well, I tell you, it's been lovely having you here. Uh, we had a nice, quick review of cellulite and some great discussion about the options for treatment and the new things that are out there. Do you have any final thoughts for the listeners about cellulite in general? What would you leave them with? Well, it's exciting time. It's an exciting time because there are so many modalities now, and we're having uh, reproducible results. And this is a perfect time to be uh, to be alive if you have cellulite, because there are some very effective, affordable approaches to it. Uh, it's certainly. I think the other thing is to stress that it's not because the women did anything wrong. It's not because they don't have the right diet or the right exercise regime. It's, it's just the nature of being a female, being a woman, and uh, women yeah. have cellulite. And uh, you, there are ways to smooth out the skin and improve it. And you see some men too for cellulite occasionally? Not very frequently. Uh, typically they're either on estrogen replacement or they're morbidly obese Uh, but i've not treated any men for cellulite i've seen it occasionally but i haven't treated any men for cellulite well thank you for sharing your time with us today you've enlightened our listeners and i know they'll be very appreciative a very interesting topic thank you again you're very welcome thanks for having me on your program and good luck to you Well, that's our show for today. Hope you enjoyed it and learned something too. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Please share this podcast with someone else who might be interested. And while you're at it, check out the podcast website for related topics to explore. It's www.plasticsurgerydecoded.com. And as always, thank you for listening to Plastic Surgery Decoded. <laughs>